health and safety is almost a victim of its own success. We need an oppressive regime of health and safety regulation. A huge fire engulfs a tower block in Children being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school. Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead. Rebranding Safety, the modern health and safety podcast, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Riss Fluent and your host, James McPherson. Hey guys, welcome back. It's episode number two of Rebranding Safety with Riff Fluent. My name is James. Welcome back. Hopefully you listened to number one, episode one. Hopefully you didn't take it too seriously. It was intended as a little bit of a joke. Uh, but in essence, that's kind of... Um, it's a bit of an over-exaggerated way that I want to take things forward. Um, I want to I want to try and rebrand safety. Essentially, I want I want us to be talking about it in a different way. I want us to be talking about it positively. I want us to be thinking about safety should enable us. You know, it should just be part of what we do. And that that's hopefully what I want to talk about in today's podcast. Kind of set the tone for for the way I want to move forward. Um, <clears throat> and in essence, kind of set the tone for for my mission, um, which is to rebrand safety. Um, so. You know why? Why? Why am I doing it? What? What makes me any different from anyone else? The only thing that makes me different is is I'm nothing special. Um, I I didn't go to any kind of fancy school, or you know I've no kind of majorly high risk experience. I've just got normal life experience, normal experience, the same as everyone else. And I wonder sometimes whether even when we listen to some motivational speakers and some, you know, big leaders in safety, they had some real crazy lives that we just can't really they can't really understand because it's just so far removed from us and and um and some of the stuff that I talk about and the way I look at safety is how I looked at it when I was normal bloke Joe Boggs and you know a chef or training to be an electrician or working in a warehouse you know looked at it the same as everyone and I had the same negative opinion that everyone else had and I've had that changed by some key people in my life and some key trainers Um, and that's essentially what I'm trying to do to you guys and it it drives me insane is the way we talk about it so negatively and my my best friend is is the same as me bit of a Joe Bloggs but he's a builder um, and he was exactly the same. He had that kind of negative mindset and safety, didn't get it, didn't follow any kind of safety rules and always tried to wind me up, telling me about what he did uh, in his day on site. And the other day I was talking after, uh, obviously, uh, many years in safety and uh, even more many years knowing this young man. Um, and he said to me something that, for me, kind of, kind of set the tone as to why I want to do what do this podcast and hopefully move on to do YouTube channels and hopefully do a lot more and and he said this he said um in essence James I am proof of what you're saying is right and I was like all right okay what do you mean there bearing in mind this guy never says anything nice to me so um he he then said that when he started in his job and when I started in health and safety he just took the mick and didn't really take it take it on board whereas now he genuinely looks at things he said that he he looks at these control measures that are in place on site that he works on and he asks himself a question you know is that reasonable is that control measure is it reasonable is it there is it doing something and he, and he said to me you know what the answer is yes it is I, I understand why they've done that and then he does it and I was like, wow, 
that that's one really nice thing to say. But then what he also said was it, he also feels empowered then to kind of say why if there's something that is over the top in his opinion he feels empowered to and a bit educated as well as empowered to come back and say why not so much just go what are we doing this this obviously gone mad he feels like he can come back with a bit of an educated answer and then he said over the couple of conversations he's had with the health and safety guy um that they're on their site that they're having proactive conversations now and that's essentially that is exactly what i'm trying to do here guys and and i was um i was very very happy with that so anyway, that's um that's just a, a brief introduction. Hopefully you'll learn a lot more about me personally and my career and my history and and I'll hopefully learn a lot more about you. I hope you're having a good day so far or if it's not started yet, I hope you're going to have a good day and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of this podcast. Let's get into it. So where did the idea of rebranding safety come from? Did it come from one single event, James? Did it come from years of of annoyance? I can hear you asking these questions. So, here's the answer. It came from the London Health and Safety Expo at the Excel Centre, or Excel, London Excel. It was a PPE fashion show. Yeah, you heard. It was a PPE fashion show. And when I say fashion show, that's that's not an over-exaggeration. It was a fashion show. I walked past it. I walk, I, actually, I didn't walk past it. I walked to it because I could hear the music from, from the front door of the XL. And the XL is a big place. This this music was absolutely booming. There was people everywhere standing and watching these models. And they were like top-of-the-range models. These people were beautiful. Men and women. They were absolutely gorgeous. And they were modelling PPE. It was unbelievable. Everyone had smiles on their face. You could pick this stuff up. If they were not wearing PPE, you could pick it up and you could put it in Paris. The lights, the music, the commentary, the stage, the setup, all of it was on point. It was a fine-ass fashion show. And this that this is essentially what health and safety is missing. We we treat it like a bolt on for everything that we do. It's, it can never be it can never be the same as everything else. So and and that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast. You can get a podcast for everything. Entrepreneur, you can get a podcast for cooking, get a podcast for drinking beer, you get a podcast for everything. But there's barely anything for health and safety because we feel maybe us in the industry, we feel like there's not a place for that. There's not a demand for that. There is a demand for it because no one gets it. And I genuinely think that when people start talking about it and having these conversations, I think you will start to see the demand. So, now I'm going to whiz over. Let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to whiz over six points here. I'm not going to go too far in depth because I think I think each of these points probably deserves their own discussion. Um, so, these are probably... Some of the early on points that I think if we can just start thinking about it, we might be able to change the way we look at health and safety. So first point, step away from the stereotype. And when I say step away from the stereotype, I mean sack your health and safety advisor. <gasps> oh my God, did he just say sack my advisor? And for those of you thinking, oh, he just got someone American into uh, joining him on the podcast. No, no, that was me. Yes, it was a really bad accent. Moving swiftly on. 
Move away from the stereotype. Step away from the stereotype. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that old guy covered in PPE and he's risk assessing a low-risk warehouse. We need to take the brave step as safety professionals and business owners and stop trying to control and mitigate everything. We need to accept that there will be residual risk and not all risk needs to be controlled. That was never the intention of health and safety. That's why they created that beautiful phrase, reasonably practicable. Focus on reasonably practicable, guys. Involve people in your risk assessments. You don't have to write everything down. Yes, you do have to record the significant findings by law, but you don't have to write everything down. Involve people. You can do a risk assessment. It's a conversation. Stop going over the top. Point number two. Change the mindset of safety in your business. And actually, before you even focus on your business, change your mindset. When you are considering doing something in your business, what questions are you asking? I'm just going to let you think about that. You might be thinking, what PPE do we use? What control measures do we put in place? Wrong They will come eventually, but they're the wrong questions to be asking. You should be asking two questions. What risk are we willing to take? How can we, how can we do this? How can we do this? Because we want to do it because we need to do it because that's the point of our business. How can we do this as safely as possible? And what risks are we willing to take? Point number three. Stop saying you put safety first because you're Oh, I nearly swore a real bad word then. Because you are lying. You are bloody lying. Oh my God, what? Why? Safety is first. Oh my God. No, it's not. It's bullshit. You're lying. You don't put it first. You put profit first. Or you put your customers first. Or you put something first. But that is first, not safety. Safety should be second. It should be... It should be part of that decision. Probably not even second. It should just be in there. Like when you leave the house in the morning, you go... Right, got my keys, got my wallet, got my watch, got my phone, got my work phone. They're just natural decisions. It's, it's habitual. Yeah? That's what it should be. So stop saying you put safety first because you're lying. Point number four. Stop measuring incidents. I'm going to let that sink in. Stop measuring incidents. What does that mean? We have to. We have to measure our incidents. We have to record our incidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying stop recording your incidents. And I'm definitely not saying stop investigating your incidents. What I'm saying is when you're sitting in those meetings, your monthly committee meetings or your board meetings or whatever, right, and all we talk about, how many accidents? Have we got any less accidents? No, we've got more accidents. Why have we got more accidents? Oh, because we're much better at reporting since I've started in this new job. Oh my God, it's boring, it's old, and it's not doing anything. We're getting nowhere. Start measuring the lessons learned. Start measuring positive, not negatives. Start measuring things that your staff are coming up with. Amazing ideas. I've got a really good example that I'm dying to talk about in how a colleague of mine uses PEEPs, personal emergency evacuation plans for fire evacuation for people that can't get out on their own. It was innovative, it was outside the box, it was unbelievable, and I'm dying to talk about it, but if I'm honest, I think it needs its own 
its own podcast. It was that good. But anyway, stop measuring incidents. And what I'm, that, that, that's probably not the main point. The main point is stop measuring negatives. Stop talking about safety in negatives. As a past tense, this happened, somebody lost a finger, oh my God, we're rubbish. Start talking about the good things. Start thinking, how can we get better? Let's talk about the things that we're already doing that we're really good at. Let's change the mindset. And that's what we're doing. We're changing the way we talk about health and safety. Food for thought. Point number five. Forget the law and embrace risk. Forget the law. How can we forget the law? We've got to, we've got to abide by the law. Do you abide by the law? Every single time you drive to work, do you drive to the speed limit? I bet you don't because nobody does. All right? I'm a health and safety professional. I've, had, I've been caught speeding three times. Everybody does it. Right? Why? Because there's, a, there's an issue, which we'll talk about later. That's a completely separate conversation, if I'm honest. Different podcast. Anyway, forget the law. So whenever I go on a training session, the training starts to going on and on and on and on and on about health and safety at workout, section 7, section 2, paragraph 3, sub-paragraph 5. It's so boring, I feel like I want to walk out. Don't get me wrong, I am just as sad as any other health and safety professional. I do honestly absolutely love the health and safety at workout for those of you that are boring enough and don't have lives and have read it it is it is art in law it is unbelievable it is the the mona lisa of legislation it's the most beautiful piece of law ever written in my opinion with that being said for example when you're delivering manual handling training the delegates your your employees your your colleagues they don't give a shit and do they really need to know do they need to know no, is my, is my answer. They have gone to manual handling training. They need to know how to lift, push, pull, etc. safely. Okay? That's a real, real dumbed-down version of what I'm trying to say. But just, just have a think about that. When you're driving to work, whatever, listening to this, just have a think about that. Yeah? Maybe you could take six or seven slides out of that death by PowerPoint training session you've got because you could stop talking about the law. Maybe if you at least condense it down to one slide... I feel like I have achieved something in my life. Point number six. Finally, one last food for thought. Before we go on to this point, I've already kind of touched on my background, but I'll give you my health and safety background. Well, I'll give you my, my kind of professional life background. So essentially, I left school with nothing and went to college to train to be an electrician with the aim of working in theatre. So I did a year as a uh, train to be electrician. No, sorry, did a year in music technology first and then went to do electric electrical by the time i done my electrical we'd hit a recession so i left college uh and i had to do part two which was get an apprenticeship that didn't work because we were in a, another recession and no one was, was employing cocky young teenagers so i had a bit of a passion for cooking i went and became a chef i was a chef for a long time uh and um i met my fiance there so it was a good thing to do however it was not my career it didn't feel right there was just something not right there so I ended up falling into a job in a warehouse quality environment health and safety team and I thought hmm it's a bit of a career here I a couple of people moving around the department I took a chance I went for a job as the next one up which was called I think like lead assistant or something like that anyway that was the birth of my health and safety career from there, I was taught risk management, and then I've gone on to teach myself risk management. 
I'm not going to call it health and safety. Well, I, I am going to talk about health and safety, obviously, because it's health and safety block. But I just don't like the, th- the phrase health and safety. I want to talk about risk management. And, and, and the, the reason I want to talk about that is because I want to talk about enterprise risk management. But again, I've got another podcast blog for that whole conversation in itself. So what I'm trying to say here is the risk management and risk control and risk assessing can be taught. So if it can be taught and it can be taught quite well and so can cultures and things like that, how we manage safety can be taught reasonably quickly and easy. Why are we struggling? Why have we got horrendous things like Grenfell still happening in this century? Why? Because people don't get it and the people that are doing it don't get people so we don't understand people oh james you're talking about behavior safety yeah i am but i'm 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 kind of not i'm talking more in depth i'm talking about psychology i'm talking about companies big companies little companies whatever not employing health and safety professionals i'm talking about them getting a knee bosh getting whatever themselves right and hiring Post-grad psychologists, sociology degrees, things like that, on a post-grad apprenticeship, and then we send them on their kneeboshes, and we, we send them on good courses, and kneebosh is just an example, and if I'm honest, I don't think that teaches what need to be taught, but again, that is a whole other conversation, there's so much to talk about, guys. Anyway, back to the point. We can teach them risk management. We can teach anybody risk management. But if we can employ psychologists, we can employ people that understand sociology or psychology or something like that. Yeah, They understand how the brain works, how people work, how people think. And then we teach them health and safety. We teach them risk management. They can tell us, oh, that's not going to work because this is how the brain works. We need to do it like this. Oh, okay. Okay, I think we're onto something here. Food for thought, maybe. Anyway. Thanks for listening, guys. That's been uh, episode two of Rebounding Safety with Risk Fluent. I've been James. I'm really, really grateful you've been listening to me waffle on, getting a little bit overexcited here and there, but second podcast, so give me a break. Hopefully you'll come back. Bye.